East, ABC, uh, and my call-in number, welcome to the ABC podcast, first of all. It's going to be a daily episodic radio show that's going to be daily episodic. In this show, I'm going to take modern relationships and dating and disembowel them for your entertainment. So get ready. There's going to be a lot of truth told in these shows. First thing I want to get out the way is, yeah, it does look like I'm going to be able to do a daily episodic. Uh, looks like it could be five days a week, probably six. I want to see how the Saturday thing goes. Now, it looks like I'm going to be able to do this from 9, and this is Pacific time, from 9 a.m. to 11 a.m. Pacific time. So 9, 10, so Eastern time is going to be, what, 12 to 3? So if you want, you can tune in then. Um, give me a call. My call-in number is 563-999-3596. 563-999-3596. Call in with your questions, comments, concerns, relationship issues. If you're having relationship management issues or just dating issues in general, then give me a call. Let's try to work this out because I want to see like everybody being able to go on dates and just have fun and find a romantic, find a romantic partners. And it's a trip because everybody's like, well, what are your bona fides? Are you single? Are you? Well, I've been in a loving relationship. I'm going to talk about this for a minute. I've been in a loving relationship for the last four years now. Um, and the thing is, I'm divorced. And my last, you know, my last marriage, things didn't, things went kind of wrong. And things were going kind of wrong for some years. And we tried to, you know, we tried our best to work it out. And in the end, I realized that you know, there's some at, at some point you have to realize you're on the hamster wheel, and like they say, the definition of insanity is doing the same thing over and over and over and expecting different results. Well, that's what we we're doing. We we're doing the same things over and over and over and doing and expecting different results, and it just wasn't working. At some point, you have to realize you have to jump off the hamster wheel real quick. But here's the thing, and I, here's why I don't recommend divorce, even though I've been and I've been through it, so I can tell you. I'm gonna talk to you. I'm gonna tell it to you from the man's perspective, and talk, tell you from the woman's perspective. Well, not from the women's. Well, not from perspectives, but I'll give you the spiel about men and the spiel about women when it comes to divorce, because when two people divorce like this, um, when two people divorce, depending on how late in the ball game they get divorced. Things can go wildly wrong for the woman and come out okay for the men. I'm going to tell you why. Because usually in divorce, when divorce happens, there's child custody issues. There's, Of course, there's the asset issues and everything like that. Fine, fine cool deal. Most of the time, I say nine times out of ten, I think it's like eight and a half times out of every ten because of the actual number. But eight and a half times out of every ten, 85 times out of every 100, 85% of the time, Women are awarded custody of the children, and mm-hmm. I guess that's kind of a it's kind of a good thing if the women would just want the child support. But ladies, understand that if you become a single mom due to divorce and taking of and the taking of the kids, that is an instant knock on any any prospects you ever had of dating again, and it gets exponentially worse as you get older. Later in the ball game, this happens. So let's say you get married. You're like thirty. Let's say you're thirty and you get married, right? This as a general number. Let's say you get you're thirty and you get. I'm talking to the ladies now. Let's say you're thirty and you get married. 
12 years later, you're 42, and you get divorced, right? You file for divorce. You take custody of the kids. Now that your husband's paid your child support. Well, let's say you had two kids during you had two kids during a twelve year during a twelve year marriage. Now you have two you have two minor children. Now we know that unless you do something to meticulously take care of yourself, adding children usually adds about twenty five to 30, 30 pounds of body weight on you. So after having two kids, you have you, you, and again, this is with normal, with even normal postpartum activity after both kids, you're looking at a 50 pound increase from when you were first, over when you were first married. So carrying 50 extra pounds, you're over 40 years old. Let's say you're you're 42 years old. You have two minor children. You have, let's say they're teenagers at this point, right? Um. So you have two you have two teenagers at this point, or maybe a teenager, or one that's not one that's like kind of like a tween. So you have those two kids. You have fifty extra pounds. You're forty two years old. You're gonna try. You divorce your husband, and you're gonna try to get back out on the dating market, and you're gonna try to find another provider protector man that you swear up and down that is not gonna be like the one you divorced. What's the problem there? The problem there is you're out on the dating market, 50 pounds heavier with two uh, with two kids, and it doubly so if you were a career woman. And I'll get into that a little later. But you've you've got these kids, you've got these extra weights, and you have this age. And when you're talking about looking looking for this provider protector man, a provider protector man will go right past you. Because remember, you women are the majority population, despite what the one caller said a couple of weeks ago, how he disagreed with me. But it, it's absolutely true. And if you look at the census numbers, then hold on, let me bring this in a little closer. If you, if you look at the census numbers in the United States, women do slightly outnumber men. But the slight, the slight in there is significant enough to hamper your dating chance, hamper your options in dating. So again, men are going to look at you and then they're going to look at somebody else that's a little younger, maybe doesn't have those kids, doesn't have the doesn't have the divorce and the ex husband behind him. He's going to look at this other woman and he's going to be more drawn to this other woman and you're going to be left holding the bag like, okay, why is it that I'm not getting any dates? I know several people like that that's going through this now. And um, you're really doing yourself a real disservice. So like when Dr. Hora says, you better do whatever you can to together. And I under, understood you could, mean like, you could be like, well, you know, he didn't do all he could to keep the marriage together. And that may be true. However, the way you have to look at it is like this. You as a woman have a lot more. Can I tighten this down? Let me see. Because this, my microphone looks like moving all over the place. And I'm trying to tighten down to different things. And hopefully, there we go. Uh, I'll try that. Okay. You have to realize that you as a woman, as a wife, have a lot more to lose, which is crazy, which is crazy to me that you know, almost almost ninety percent of divorces are filed are initiated by women. 
These women have no clue, no clue what's in store for them after this divorce is complete. The fact that so many women are filing for divorce and not even understanding like what is what not even what's at the end of the rainbow or what's at the end of the tunnel, but what's there when you get out of the tunnel, right? When you look at this vast landscape and you're realizing that and you won't re- they don't realize it right away. But after three, four, five, six dates where they date a man and they get ghosted because this is not what the man's looking for, or they do this they do this random hooking up thing and I think in tomorrow's show, I know tomorrow's Veterans Day and all that, and I should be celebrating Veterans Day, and I will because I'm a veteran. I'm a war vet. Part of the thing that I want to talk about tomorrow in tomorrow's show is um, is what happens when not even excuse me, not even what happens. I just want to talk about the women who go out and they're old and they're overweight and they end up because I read an article where this woman's like, oh, I have lots and lots of sex and I'm happy. And I'm like, this is something that I could talk about. There's so much here that I could talk about on the show. So I want to do that tomorrow. But um, women, you have to realize that when you when you initiate this divorce, yeah, you may see a light at the end of the tunnel, but what's, what's there when you walk out of the tunnel and you're taking a panoramic view of the landscape? And after five, six, seven, eight dates where that don't go anywhere, when you look at when you do the introspection and you wonder what what's going wrong, you have to realize that you messed up when you got rid of the man, the man that you had. The guaranteed thing you gave up the bird in the hand for the two and that were supposed to be in the bush. Then you get to the bush and you realize that those two birds aren't there. You understand what I'm saying? So if you're married, women. If there's something going wrong in the marriage, if there's something you perceive is going on in the marriage, it is more inherent upon you than it is upon the upon your husband to try to keep this marriage together. Do whatever you can to keep the marriage together. Why? Because you have a lot more to lose. Your husband can go out, your or your ex-husband, after you get divorced, your ex-husband will go out and he will pull a younger woman. He will. He will pull a younger woman that probably doesn't have kids, that's probably domesticated. I'm saying this like she's some kind of animal, but she's domestic. She has domestic skills. She's in her feminine. She's fitter than you. All this because, and again, the reason why I I say this is for what from what I've been saying in my past shows that women don't really care about past marriages. They don't care about body. Women don't care about body count. And you may say, well, I, that's what I care. Okay, that's you. But in general, women don't care about things like body weight, body count, past marriages, when it comes to men. The only thing really women care about is their ability to protect, protect and provide. And if that man can provide for that woman, if that man can provide a house, provide a car, provide Provide money, provide a, a lifestyle for the women. It doesn't have to be a highfalutin lifestyle, but just as long as the man can take this woman, bring her into his fold, and show her a life that's even marginally better than the life that she's living now, that woman will latch on to that man despite an ex-wife, despite body weight, despite 
kids that are like literally living with the ex-wife. However, they will also take a man that's a single father, just so long as he can provide a lifestyle that's somewhat better than what she's in now. She will latch on to that man despite his past. Women, you're not so lucky. You're not going to be. You're not going to be uh, the one that these men pick because you have some extra weight, because you have these kids, because you have this divorce on you. Men look at these things as deal breakers, especially the uh, the provider protector men. They look at these things as deal breakers. So, again, women, it's inherent upon you with the whole divorce thing. Well, it's inherent upon you to even prevent divorce to begin with. And if you, there's some perceived problem in the marriage where you're thinking about divorcing, don't do it. It behooves you to look at look the situation square in the face, tackle it head on, resolve it, get past it, and keep on with the marriage because you have a lot more to lose in divorce than you have to gain. And I guarantee you that. I guarantee you that. I don't know what got me on that rant, but I felt like that, that I feel like that, that would, God put that on my heart to say. And I don't know who needed to hear that. But if you needed to hear that and that's the message you need, you needed to hear to kick you into gear to save your marriage, then I'm, then I'm a happy camper. I also wanted to talk about some things that I talked about yesterday because there was a thing. There's a thing, right? And even before I did the whole profile thing. But I read the article from the one woman, Rosemary Donahue. And the thing about Rosemary Donahue was that she, along with a lot of other women in the feminist movement, again, this goes back to something I again I said before. I I told you I don't I bring I bring receipts. I don't talk I just don't talk out the side of my behind. I bring receipts. And when I say that feminists demonize the things that men say they want and then turn around and say that they know what they want because they're feminists, you know, I, I and I said it's garbage. And like I said before, when I, the, the night I met Elle and I, and I did that whole show, and I said, feminists steer women wrong. They steer women wrong. And the way they steer women wrong is the fact that your feminist would say, don't listen to the man because when a man tells you he wants, that's a product of patriarchy, misogyny, um, gyno, gynophobia, and things like that, sexism or whatever. All that's painted on the man. And then the feminist would turn around and say, we know what men want, and men want X, Y, Z. So your head is filled with this. So you went out, you go out and you do X, Y, Z, after XYZ is accomplished, you sit down across the table from a man on a date and brag to him that you did XYZ only to find out that the man tells you he didn't care about anybody doing XYZ. What he cared about is if you're in shape, if you're in your feminine, if you're if you can make a great home and if you're friendly and agreeable. Otherwise known as submissive. If you're submissive and you're fit and you can take care of you can you can take care of the home, that's all a man cares about. But when men say that, 
then they're automatically labeled as misogynist or gynophobes or misogyn yeah, misogynist, gynophobes, sexist, whatever. And then feminists will turn around. Again, receipts, I brought receipts. So there is a hold on, let me get my mouse working. So there's a a wiki how. I it didn't even take me long to find this. Because there are literally thousands of articles that are just like this. But on WikiHow, there is an article that was written uh, by, and it's called 20 Qualities Men Adore in Women and Why They Love Them. And it's co-authored by Charity Danker and Jennifer Muller. Now, I said that women like this, these feminists, they don't know what men want because they, they, they first of all, they dismiss men. But they've never been men. So and for somebody to say, this is what men want. I said in a previous show that I it took me quite it took me several months to find out the, what food my dog likes. Why? Because I've never been a dog, so I don't know what food dog dogs like. So I have to go through many different type of foods and watch her turn her nose up and many different types of food, wasting my money on all this food to finally figure out what food my dog will eat. And then that's the one I that's the one that I eventually went with. I didn't know because I'm not a dog. I don't know what dogs eat because I've never been a dog. It's the same thing here. These feminists have never been men. They've never lived their lives as men. So for them to say what things men want, it's garbage. You know it's hot garbage because they can't speak from experience, right? However, we have articles like this. And this one's co-authored by Charity Danker and Jennifer Muller. And it says, when come to sharing life with someone, men are looking for many of the same things women are. They have no idea. They have no idea. This is just them guessing, but they're trying to pass themselves off as experts. And they even put these letters by their name, like the, L the LPC and Jennifer Muller, JD. LPC and, J LPC and JD literally mean nothing, but it's kind of like me putting ABC behind my name. It's not, a, it's not to be, it's not to falsely claim that I have some kind of degree in something. This me, ABC just means another black conservative. That's just me. So I don't claim to be an expert in anything. I don't go on WikiHow writing these articles about, now I come on, I come on Blog Talk Radio and I have a podcast giving my opinion. But as far as Publishing, actually publishing things in this like in these wiki houses and stuff, and then putting my putting my name with these letters. That's that's an appeal to authority. They want to they want you to think that they're experts in this by having these letters by their name, and it's really hot garbage. And it says it's fact check. I doubt it because again, if it were fact checked, then the fact checkers will automatically. Uh, harp on the fact that Charity Danker and Jennifer Muller are not men, so they wouldn't have any idea what men want. But here we are. And again, let's start over. It, when it comes to sharing their life with someone, many, are look, many men are looking for many of the same things women are. They want somebody who's confident, caring, and has a great sense of humor. While looks can draw someone in, it's a woman's personality that would make a, make a man want to stick by her side. Kind of yes, kind of no, but we'll get on, we'll get on this. Read on to find out how to attract the man of your dreams. All right, so things you should know. Show your confidence by being friendly and open and standing up for yourself when necessary. Now, again, standing up for yourself when necessary. A lot of women just stand up for themselves in the face of, like, literally nothing, and it's an actual turnoff. 
But show your confidence by being friendly and open. Okay, I get that. Talk about your goals and successes to exude the ambition he wants to see in a woman. That right there is garbage because goals and ambitions, we don't care about goals or ambition. We don't. As an, and as a matter of fact, it's, we can rightly say the opposite. If a woman has these goals and these ambitions and she's chasing them, then in order to chase these goals and these ambitions, she has to be in her masculine energy in order to accomplish these goals and ambitions. She has to be in her masculine. She has to she has to take on the qualities of a man to achieve these things. And when you spend so much time in your masculine, you actually lose what it is to be in your feminine. So this is why a lot of CEOs and business businesswomen and CEOs and especially like I put out in a previous show, especially Female athletes have it the worst because to be an athlete, you really have to be in your masculine in order to, in order to compete at that level. You have to be in your masculine. This is why female athletes have a really hard time dating. Like, I don't know how many of them. I would say the, I, would, I can't even say the majority because I really I don't know the exact numbers of how many of these female athletes are lesbians. But the ones that aren't lesbians have a really hard time dating. Why? Because they are in their masculine, and this is just not what men want. So when you talk about your goals and successes, it's an automatic turnoff to a provider-protector man because a provider-protector man doesn't want competition. He wants he wants a compliment. He doesn't want the competition. So that's that. Now, number three, bullet number three, things you should know. Start conversations with his friends so that he knows you're sociable and fun. Unless you... Yeah, if you want him to think that you're flirting with his friends, why are you going to do that? Like that is so disrespectful. If you're going to start, if you're going to start a conversation, start a conversation with him around his friends and let his friends join in. If you start a conversation with his friends, that provider protector man is going to start thinking that you're flirting with his friends, and that is a, that again for a lot of prote- provider protector men is a deal breaker because he's going to look at this other woman here because remember he's got options women women outnumber men so he can like literally leave you and pick up somebody who won't go behind him and start conversations with his friends like you would not you would not like it if you had a if you had a man that you called your boyfriend your husband whatever and he's starting conversations with your friends behind you you're not going to like that at all so why is it that it's okay for Somebody start convers- a woman to start a conversation with his friends. Why? So that he knows you're sociable and fun? When you know that if he's starting conversations with your female friends, oh, I'm just being sociable and fun. No, you're not. You're flirting with them. So, again, how does that, how does that comport, right? And so let me, let me rip this down real quick, and I'm going to put this over here because I need to make sure that I'm monitoring the lines. Okay, there we go. Now, so that's that. Let's go back. Let's go back. Um, so number one, confidence. Now, do do men want confidence? Yeah, but it's not really a. It's it's not really high on the list. As high on the list as people say, that these women say it is. Now hold on. Excuse me. I'm still I'm still getting rid of this cool. But um, is confidence? really as important as these feminists say it is. These feminists say it's like, they put it number one. Most provider protective, protector men will not have it that high. I don't think they'll have it in their top five. Again, the top four is, are you are you in shape? That's number one, right? Because if, if you're in shape, then we can work around a whole lot of other things. But are you in shape? 
are you when you're feminine, right? Are you, are you are you a lady? Are you a woman without being a princess? As coming later on in the show, are you are you friendly and fun to be around, right? And can you make a good home? That's number that's four. Confidence, I don't think it'll even be in the top five. Ambition, definitely not number two, like they said it is. I don't think ambition, and again, ambition doesn't make the top five. Friendliness, that makes the top five. And friendliness, they have friendliness at number three where it belongs. Maturity. Maturity can mean age or state of mind. Now, a younger woman that has her stuff together can be considered mature. I'm talking like 22, 23, 24 years old. I've seen it. Not, it. It's rare, but I've seen it. I've seen 20, 22 and 23 and 24-year-olds with their stuff together. And those, those women typically find really good men early. They're the ones that get snapped up. They're like the first-round draft picks. That's why they're so rare because people pick them and marry them right away because they, they're, young and they, they're young and they have their stuff together. But when you talk about age as far as maturity is concerned, and let me read the blurb here because let's see. Men tend to prefer women who have their act together. This is this what I was saying? It's great to be playful and fun when it's appropriate, but most men want to be with women who know how to act like adults. A mature woman isn't pretty and doesn't start isn't petty. Sorry, good God. A mature woman isn't petty and doesn't start drama. Rather, she's open and rational to everyone and tries to approach things with reason rather than impulse. A big way to show him your maturity is avoid gossiping around him, exactly. Even if you heard the juiciest tidbit, keep it to yourself. Keep in mind that if you're constantly surrounded by drama or you have a lot of dramatic friends, any man you're interested in is likely to assume that you're a drama queen as well. And that's kind of true. However, maturity, I wouldn't put that in the top five like they had it either. Stability, we don't give a crap about stability because we offer the stability. So, again, a woman that's already stable is kind of redundant. And as a matter of fact, if a woman, well, they say here emotionally stable. That's true. We do want women who are emotionally stable, but that goes into the whole feminine thing because a, a woman that's in her feminine is emotionally stable. Go back to my show yesterday when I talked about being raised by single parents and how that how that ends up as a Charlie Foxtrot. But um, again, emotional stability, yeah. Financial stability, that's not really a thing because, again, we look at women with financial stability as being in their masculine. It's not something what we want. We don't want competition. We want a compliment. So, and as I said before, you, you put um, a really hot boss bitch next to a nerdy woman who is you know, not not necessarily employed or underemployed, but she's in her feminine and she's agreeable and pleasant and just a great person to a man with that overweight woman that's in her feminine and is great to be around and could make that home twelve times out of ten over that boss bitch. It just it it just happens that way. Um, a sense of humor, yeah, but not top five. But they have a number six, seven is kindness. They have they're rating this way too low. They have kindness as number seven. It really should be about number three, right? 
meant to be a woman who's kind and considerate, of course. Consistency, and I'm not, and I am, this is not like these women rank these things or where these things are ranked as far as, but again, you would think that something like kindness would be mentioned toward the top as one of the first things. But this is a feminist mentality. It's ambition over anything. It's accomplishments over anything. And this is why yesterday when I talked about the one woman's profile, the one that I started with, like right out of the gate, her big mistake was mentioning her accomplishments. Her big mistake was mentioning her accomplishments up front as if that's going to impress a provider, protector man. Yet she's still on OKCupid trying to get these men. Men don't care about your accomplishments. They, they just really don't. It's, it's true. We don't, come, we, don't, we don't care about what, what school you went to, what degree you had, or how far you were able to get in your job. And, again, I would also posit that that's a net negative. The farther you get, the farther you advance in your career, it's a net negative in your dating life. Number eight would be consistency. Yeah, that's about that's about right. Being number eight. Number nine, independence. Yes, that would, that would be right. Number nine, independence. Affectionate. Affectionate should be higher than it is. It should be mentioned earlier than it is. It's at number ten. I should say it should be mentioned around number four. Decisiveness. Honesty. Honesty is important, but. Supportiveness, yes, supportiveness goes into being kind and all this stuff. You're saying they're using a lot of words that are under the same umbrella, like supportiveness and empathy and affectionateness and kind. All that's under one umbrella of kindness. But none of these mention the things that men actually want, like being able to make a home, being fit. A lot of these have to do with being in your feminine, yes. Um, but, again, there's, there's just a whole lot here that they have commitment, dependability, intelligence. Literally, some of you know, we would date some of the dumbest women if, uh, if they're, again, if they're hot and they're in their feminine and they know how to make a, hey, I don't care if you know how to, I don't know how I don't care if you know how to dissect the Pythagorean theorem. If you're hot and you can make a home and you're in your feminine and you're affectionate and kind. So that's what's up. So and understanding, appreciation goes under being in your feminine, respectfulness again being in your feminine. So a lot of things that re, that in this article that refers to being in your feminine a lot of these things are mentioned lower than they really should be, and the things that don't really matter are mentioned way high up. And this is what I'm saying about feminist indoctrination, is that if you're reading this, and you're a young woman, and you're reading this, and you're internalizing this, and you're thinking that, and you're going around taking advice from women like this, thinking that this is what men want, and then you go and you strive to accomplish all of these things, and then you find out after you've wasted about 15, 20 years doing chasing the degree and the chasing degree and the career career achievements, and completely just completely disregarding learning how to take care of the home, learning how to be in your feminine, and learning and 
taking care of yourself and your body and all this and all these things. You're going to sit down for the table across from this man on this date and realize that you're not offering what he wants. And you're going to go through about six or seven or eight dates like this. And you're afterwards, you're going to be on TikTok wondering what the hell and why it is that men aren't interested in you. Well, I, I, got the education, I've got the income, I've got the I've got the career attainment. Isn't this what you want? No. So so that's that. What I'm gonna do is I'm gonna take a break and when I come back we'll continue to spiel because there's one other thing that I kinda of wanna get into along this line. So yeah, we're gonna take a break. When I come back we'll get into this. Hang on. Did I? Yeah, I did. Okay. Yeah, so when we come back, we're going to get into this. You're listening to the ABC Podcast. Hey, let's take a minute and meet Clark Kent, our Superman. Chief, believe me, you're in for a treat just as soon as Jimmy gets back here. Great Caesar's ghost. What's holding him up? You know I can't work without a good breakfast. Chief. Jimmy's bringing a box of Kellogg's sugar smacks. All the more reason for hurrying. Confounder, that boy knows I like those new sugar smacks. And he knows I do, too. And that's a cinch. Well, here I am. Young man, if you spill those new sugar smacks, you're fired. Golly, Chief, I hadn't opened up the box yet. But I'm going to now. Well, I guess we all agree on sugar smacks. Right. Folks, don't wait. Get Kellogg's new sugar smacks. They're better than ever. Puffs of wheat, sugar toasted. And candy sweet. You bet. Just get Kellogg's Sugar Smacks, brand new. A Northwest Mountie, and he's been trailing this desperate character for three years. And I'm tired. Well, it's him or me. Uh-oh. He's got an aching head, an upset stomach, and an empty gun. What you need is some Alka-Seltzer. You know what they always say. Yeah, a Mountie always gets his man. Oh, no. I mean about Alka-Seltzer. Relief is just a swallow away. Well. Down, 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 the stomach through. Round, 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 the system too. With Alka-Seltzer, they always say. Relief is just a swallow away. Bless that relief-giving Alka-Seltzer. For that headache and upset feeling, take Alka-Seltzer. Relief is just a swallow away. Hi, kids. Look at some delicious magic with the extra good chocolate-flavored syrup, Bosco. Now watch. Take ice cream, spoon on extra rich, extra thick, extra chocolatey Bosco syrup. There's the best chocolate flavor you ever tasted. More Bosco magic. Cake, ice cream, topped with extra thick, extra chocolatey Bosco syrup. Try it. Bosco also makes milk chocolatey delicious. Tell mom to get Bosco chocolate flavored syrup for you. Sing out. I love Bosco. It's rich in chocolate tea. Chocolate-flavored Bosco is mighty good for me. Mama puts it in my milk for extra energy. 
Bosco gives me iron and sunshine vitamin D. Oh, I love Bosco. That's the drink for me. I'm a spaceman. The moon and sun and all the stars are great big Tootsie Roll Pops. I'm a princess. Yes, my lord, it's a party tonight. We'll have Tootsie Roll Pops. All the kids in the neighborhood say Tootsie Roll Pops are triple good. Triple good. And do you know why? Sure. Because one, there's good tasting hard candy outside. And two, there's a delicious center of Tootsie Roll inside. And three, only Tootsie Roll Pops are such fun to eat. That's why they're triple good. And don't forget Tootsie Roll Pops come in a party pack too. Ten pops and assorted flavors. There's a game on the back that's lots of fun to do. All of the kids in the neighborhood say Tootsie Roll Pops are triple good. Triple good. You'll love Tootsie Roll Pops. Hi, I'm Mike Wallace with a sensational shortening discovery for better baking and frying. It's Procter & Gamble's Golden Fluffle, the first all-new shortening in 40 years. It's rich. Its color is golden yellow. And what a pie it makes. Richer looking, better tasting, more appetizing. But let's hear what Mrs. Selma Styra, Indiana State Fair baking champion, had to say about Fluffle. I love Fluffo. It makes such a golden brown pie. Oh, man, that's some apple pie. Well, Mr. Wallace, that's a prettier pie than I ever baked with plain white shortening. And look how flaky it is. This yellow Fluffo is such a short shortening. Makes pie crust so rich. Like cooking champions, get richer looking, better tasting, more appetizing results in everything you bake or fry. Get golden Fluffo. Sandwich baked by Nabisco. The luscious, creamy fillings in a class by itself. No other like it. And these tempting vanilla cookies are so light, they melt in your mouth. Yoo-hoo-hoo, yoo-hoo. It's Swiss Cream Sandwich. For yoo-hoo-hoo, yoo-hoo. And yoo-hoo-hoo, yoo-hoo. Swiss Cream Sandwich. Say, it's time for my favorite dance team, so let's look. and a pack of old gold cigarettes. That's all you need, my friend. And you're enjoying the smoothest, mildest, tastiest cigarette ever created. A treat instead of a treatment. That's old gold cigarettes. Made by tobacco men, not medicine men. To give you the cigarette that treats you better in every way. Because in every way, it's a better cigarette. Good, huh? Yes, for a treat instead of a treatment. Get a pack or get a carton of old gold cigarettes. Right now, this is Dennis James reminding you to keep smoking 
Old gold cigarette. Thanks. Attention. To help carry on our important work, I want you to join the secret squadron and wear this official badge and have this secret decoder. Following each week's adventure, I'll send an important secret message, and only secret squadron members who have decoders can decode them. Also, later I'll tell you the simple rules for joining the secret squadron, but you must promise to do as I do. Keep yourself healthy and mentally alert. And drink Ovaltine every day. It's the official drink of the secret squadron. We secret squadron members know chocolate-flavored Ovaltine helps give us what we need for rocket power. Yes, just as a rocket adds thrust during takeoff, Ovaltine can add the kind of nourishment so important for rocket power. We drink Ovaltine hot for breakfast. Mmm, good, too. And cold for lunch and between meal snacks. And hot again at bedtime to help keep us revved up with rocket power. Believe me, Ovaltine's got what it takes to help you be a leader in your gang. So drink instant Ovaltine every day. The Gemini Space Flights. The trips are long. The training is hard, like this spacewalk practice. But the astronauts do some things you do. In space, they drank Tang. They mixed it like this in a zero-G pouch, because with no gravity, it would fly all over. You don't have that problem. You can mix it in a glass. Up there, they have to drink it carefully, this way. You can drink it any way you like. Tang tastes orangey. Tastes great. Has lots of vitamins C and A. Tang, chosen for the Gemini astronauts. Have a blast. Have some Tang. This man just showered with a new kind of soap. New Life Boy Mint Refresher. A soap so loaded with mint, so tangy, so frosty, it drives wives wicked. Every bar of new Life Boy Mint Refresher contains the essence of 125 mint leaves. Soap has never smelled this good before, and neither have you. New Life Boy Mint Refresher drives wives wicked. Um, I was talking about, oh, let me see if I can, um, let me make some adjustments here real quick. Okay, let's do that, and we'll do that, and we'll do that. That should be good. Okay, yep, that's good. Now, when we broke, we we were talking about some articles that were written by these feminists who think that they know what men want and not understanding what it is that men actually want. And I found another article. This is, And this one is weird. Well, it's not weird. It's indicative of the feminist mentality. Again, men want, and I'm telling you this as, as someone who I, think, I like to think that I'm a provider protector man. I mean, 
I'm willing to protect his household with the AR-15 and the XDS-45 that I have. And I like to think that I, I provide for this household, even though things transpired in the last couple of weeks, which I'll talk about that on my Facebook a little later today because it goes into the whole election thing that happened this week. But um, still, I like to think that I'm a provider protector man. It may not be very high value, but I'm still a provider protector. I was a provider protector and looking and was somewhat red killed. And I have to throw that in there. But I look at articles like this here that I just pulled up. And it came from, looks like Brooklyn College, written by a New York leftist feminist. And let's see, it's called Why is Housewife a Thing? And I kind of want to go through this article. Because, again, provider protector men want housewives. We want women who are skilled at making a home. Because making a home isn't easy. It's a skill. Again, I, I said this in a previous show. It's a skill that needs to be learned, honed, developed, and refined, right? That's the other word I want. Skilled, honed, developed, and refined. Being a housewife ain't easy, and any housewife will tell you that. And even some of the most ardent housewives will still tell you that being a housewife ain't easy. They love it, just ain't easy. Now, there's this whole thing about women and unpaid labor and all this stupid stuff. Maybe I'll attack unpaid labor in a future show when I have to, where if I decide to dedicate the show to being a housewife versus unpaid labor, because those two concepts, one is Marxist and one is actually honorable. But I want, I kind of want to go through this article, though, and it's, Called why is housewife a thing? And let's see, the, is it attributed to any particular author? Let me check it out. No, it just has a citation, Angela Davis, which if you're citing Angela Davis, then you're wrong automatically on anything concerning relationship issues. Let me just throw that out there. But yeah, this looks like it's it's from Cooney, and it doesn't it doesn't look like it's subscribed to any particular, but. You could tell just because this person cites Angela Davis and she wants to discredit housewife, then it's automatically assumed that the author is a woman, is a feminist. And it's called How My Housewife a Thing. And it says, women are already given so many tiles in this world, mother, grandmother, and aunt, wife, and sister. In addition to this, they're also given the title housewife. As Angela Davis discussed the women, race, and class, women are placed into a stigma where they are the maids of the household. Now. It's a trip. That's that's a trip, because nobody nobody refers to men as the handyman of the household or the electricians of the household or the landscapers of the household. Even though these are all the things that men do, and as a matter of fact, what's funny is watching the so-called "quote unquote" strong independent women struggle with things like home repairs when their faucet starts. When her thoughts spring a leak and it's spraying water all over the place, will a woman, will and can a woman fix that? Nine times out of ten, the answer is no. If the garbage disposal comes out, who are they calling? They're calling in a man. They're, they're calling the maintenance man. There's a man that's going to come and fix that. If the toilet, something happens with the toilet and it's spilling water, the tank is spilling water all over the place, can they fix that? Most likely no. Do women mow the lawn? Some women do. They fail, but they do. So, all these things that men do, yet it's women that are placed into a stigma where they're maids of the house when there's no mention of anywhere, not even 
And it doesn't even have to be in this paper. It could be mentioned anywhere about the things that men do to contribute to the household on top of working 40 hours a week to bring the paycheck home to take care of the house. They also have to be, they also have to be not only the protector and the provider, but they also have to be the plumbers, the electricians, the landscapers, the handy, the handymen, the carpenters, all these things that men have to be, they have to be the auto mechanics because women drive their cars until they drive their cars into the ground. And when that happens, they, they look at their boyfriends and something, can you fix my car? My brakes need changing. My this needs changing. My headlights are out. And then boyfriend or husband has to do it. So they're the mechanics. They're the plumbers. They're the electricians. They're the carpenters. They're the, they're the repairmen. They're the landscapers. And nobody really talks about that. Yet women have the nerve to be to call being the maids and being the ones to have to do laundry and cook and keep the place keep the house clean. They have the nerve to say that 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 stigmatizes them as being a maid of the household. So it doesn't really it doesn't really make a whole lot of sense if you if you understand what I'm saying. Hang on, let me let me get something real here real quick before I keep before I continue. All right, there we go. Now, in the book, she states, this is continuing, the countless chores collectively known as housework. Again, I just I just addressed that. Cooking, washing dishes, doing laundry. Consume some three to 4,000 hours of the average housewife's year. Again, nobody ever talks about all the stuff that men do around the house. It's always what the women do. Uh, Davis explains that with all the chores, like washing dishes and laundry, it can take up most of their time, and it should. And honestly, if you want to talk about a relationship that's 50-50, and some people say relationships should be 100-100, if a man works 40 hours a week and then is still expected to come home and fix things and take care of the lawn and take care of the cars and do all this stuff, a woman should spend at least 40 hours a week on domestic issues like doing the dishes, doing the laundry, doing keeping the house clean and things like that. They should spend eight hours a day, 40 hours a week doing that on top of going shopping, going, doing the grocery shopping and things like that, taking care of the kids, giving the kids what they need. A woman absolutely has to do that or else it's not 50-50. It's just not. Sorry, it's not. I see, this can be exhausting for women, especially if they don't receive any help from their spouse. This is a trip because if you're a woman, if you're a woman who has a man that works 40 hours a week, especially, I'm not even, I'm not even going to delineate. I'm just going to say that he works 40 hours a week somewhere. It doesn't matter if he's sitting behind the desk or he's running somebody's machinery, right? If he works 40 hours a week and then you still expect him to come home, take care of the carpentry, take care of the mechanics, take care of the plumbing, take care of the electrical work, and then help you with the laundry and the dishes and the kit, and you have the nerve to sit here and you know what? I'm just gonna I'm just gonna go on. The idea of a housewife has become much more prominent because of the fact that men believe housework is a woman's responsibility. You know, I'm not going to say that is 100% true because there are some men that are out there that are happy with being staying at home, staying at home dance. 
Uh, Cameron from Big from this season's Big Brother is a perfect example of that. He's happy being a stay-at-home dad, and that's great for him. It's just that the majority of men are out there working, doubly so if your man's in the military, but the majority of men are out there working, and the women, okay, if, you, if you're a woman out there and you're working as well, A, get a maid to do your housework, and B, don't expect your marriage to last, and that's going to be a whole different thing. But if you're a woman and you're out there working, then someone else, not your husband or not you, needs to be taken care of. So if you're both working, pull together and hire uh, hire a maid to come in and do all that stuff, right? But the idea of a housewife, it says the idea of a housewife becomes much more prominent because of the fact that men believe housework is a woman's responsibility. For most men who are out there working and stuff, if they we do we literally do because if you're if we're going to be providing and protecting to the point where you feel like you don't have to work 40 hours a week even if you work 20 hours a week on a part-time job and i have a story about that coming later then um absolutely it's your responsibility to pick up the rest of those hours in housework it's only fair it's only fair anybody who, who disagrees with that fight me and it says, most men in society believe that when men and men are supposed to stay home while they go out. Now, that's not, no, no, no. See, this is another this is another lie that's, that's being perpetrated. It's not that women stay home when men go out. A lot of provider protector men, if they work 40 hours a week at their job, they're too tired to go out. And men, if you work 40 hours a week, drop a comment on the wall and tell me if after 40 hours after you work Monday through Friday, 40 hours a week, that you want to go out on Friday night. Going out on Friday night is your first priority. Like, seriously? So that's that's a lie right there that's being perpetrated. Um, and come home to a home-cooked meal. He should, just, just off the fact that he's out there uh, working 40 hours a week, he should come home to a home-cooked meal. So there we go. I'm pretty sure if you ask most men to do certain chores such as laundry, they probably wouldn't know where to start. Wrong. Because before, you got to remember, before there was you women, there was him. And he had to learn how to do things like do the laundry, make a meal, basic things around the house, or else it just wouldn't get done because he was living by himself. Most, a lot of them were living by Some of them live with their moms, and then that's a whole other story. But the 40-hour-a-week men who had that 40-hour-a-week job who live on their own before they get the before they get like I've been a 40 I've been a 40-hour-a-week guy for as long as I can remember. And for the year after I for the year after I left my wife before I got with my current girlfriend, I did for myself. I made my meals, I washed my clothes, I cleaned my house, and I didn't have much, so I didn't. There wasn't much to maintain. However, I did have my laundry, and I did have to know how to wash my sheets, and I did have to know if I wanted to, if I want to come home to my own home cooked meal, it better be some of the best food I ever cooked. So I did things like looked up, looked up famous chefs, and then see how they did things, and I looked up recipes, and then when I fused the fuse a famous chef technique with the recipes that I learned the food came out really good. And those are the things that, and then I have a, uh, I have recipes for spaghetti and lasagna that I've been working on for what? 30 years now. 
So that's the whole thing. So when you say that most men won't know where to start when it comes to housework, that's a lie too. Uh, a lot of men, a lot of men who have to take care of themselves understand what it is to keep things. And it says, I also believe that if men were to help with the chores around the house to keep it clean and tidy, it would give the uh, it would give the women a break. Men don't get breaks. Men, see, men get half an hour. Depending on the job, you'll get half an hour to an hour break for lunch, and that's it. The rest you're working. So why would women want men to then come home and give them a break from their job when they can literally take a half an hour to an hour from doing that housework while the man is at the job doing his thing? She can take that break. She can like literally take that break. So why why isn't it inherent upon men to be able to come home and to pick up her job because no one's asking her to come and sit in for the man while the man on his job while the man takes his break. Nobody like literally nobody does that. So why are we why are we expecting men to come home and do this for women? It just it doesn't make sense. Um, now it says, I also believe them, yeah, if men would help, it would give women a break, but we just addressed that. It would also help them feel like they are appreciated by their spouse. Oh, okay. So men, I get this now. In order to be appreciated, if this, if this holds true, and I'm, I literally doubt that it does, but let's just say for argument's sake, this holds true. In order for men to be appreciated, this is what men listen to this, listen to this. In order to be appreciated, like this woman, the woman who wrote this dribble is telling you, in order for women to feel appreciated, you have to go out, work 40 hours a week, then come home and work an extra three to four, three or four hours a day, which is about an extra 20 hours a week on her job just to make, just for her to feel appreciated. Just that, that, and that's the minimum you have to do. This is the minimum you have to do so that she feels appreciated, man. This is what she's telling you. Now you understand why men are walking away from dating and walking away from marriage because of things like this. And then women are taking this because this isn't just her. This is actually, these thoughts are actually at the mainstream. So women are going around expecting this now. If my man doesn't come home and help me with the kids, then I don't feel appreciated. Well, you should feel appreciated when your man brings your brings home his paycheck so that you can spend it on whatever it is you need. You should feel appreciated when your man doesn't cheat on you, when he stays with you no matter what. But in order for you to feel appreciated, you need him to go out, work 40 hours, bring home the, pay, bring home the paycheck, and then work an extra 20 hours on jobs that you're supposed to do. And that would make you feel appreciated. Gotcha. So Davis points out the idea of how housework, household work can be invisible and is only noticed if something isn't done. You know, it's true. Even in the military, you can do things you can do things expertly. You can prepare for the inspection and you can you can have all your things dressed right dress and all your hangers are are evenly spaced with a ruler. And if one of your boots aren't shined to shine to standard, that will be the focus. Why? Because it's a deficiency. You just don't do deficiencies. Deficiencies don't win the game. And I'm sorry if it makes you sound like a perfectionist. It's it's hardly perfectionism. It's just that when you have a job to do, you do it. 
And if you don't do it, there shouldn't be any excuses. And this is what she sounds like she's trying to do. She's trying to justify things not being done. So it's like if things aren't done, what were you doing? Because if you were if you were concentrated on your mission, then your mission would be accomplished no matter what. So there wouldn't be anything that's not done. Now whether it's not, there's a difference between it being not done and not done to standard. See, at least if it was not done to standard, you make it you made an attempt at it, which is what any which is what any sergeant or drill sergeant will will reiterate is. Yeah, the boots weren't shined to standard, but you put the effort in. So we're not going to knock you for that. We'll knock you for the fact it wasn't under standard. But if you didn't even bother to shine the boots at all, that's a problem. So, yes, yeah, she, says, she says, no one notices until it isn't done. We notice, we notice the unmade bed, because it should have been made, uh, not the scrubbed and polished floor. Yeah, the scrubbed and polished floor was nice, but the bed should have been made. Why you make the bed before you scrub and polish the floor? You understand what I'm saying? So, again, the, the attempts to justify it, you see where the attempts to justify this fall flat. And so, after all, it would make the chores around the house feel equal. There's there's no equality there. I don't know where, I don't know where they're getting this. Like, okay, I just, you know, I, I harp too much on that so already. So, if you don't understand my point by now, please listen to another podcast. Uh, it'll make the chores around the house feel equal, being that both man and woman are contributing to their part. Nobody's asking the woman to come to the man's job and contribute her part. Like, do you understand how asinine this is? In today's society, the title of housewife also comes with a negative meaning behind it. No, it doesn't. That's actually it's a very honorable thing. You say it's a negative thing because you're because of your feminist indoctrination, but being a housewife is actually one of the most honorable things you can do. Um, says, taste society of the title of housewife also comes with a negative meaning behind it and has changed since being used during the Industrial Revolution. There is a look of disgust when a woman mentions that she is a housewife. That is true because women, because feminists look down on housewives as being, um, what, what, what's the term? Pools of the patriarchy. That's what it is. So feminists look down on housewives when being a housewife is actually the most honorable thing you can do. Uh, they see her as idle or may think that her spouse is rich, which allows her to be one. That's another issue that goes back to Marxism, but we'll continue. In today's era, if someone mentioned that they were a housewife, it may lead to a discussion of, is that all you do? Like, literally, that's all you have to do is just be a housewife. Like, it's a job in itself. That's just like asking, that's just like asking, oh, what do you do? Um, I'm a machinist at, I'm a machinist at Boeing. Oh, is that all you do? Am I supposed to do anything else? <laughs> like seriously, like the what is what is it? The Headleys back in uh back in the Living Color days, a Jamaican family where like everybody has like eight or nine jobs, and then they ask a guy, "What do you do?" Oh, they have one job, one job, and everybody's like, "This is what that reminds me of." Like, is that all you do? Am I supposed to do anything else? You see, we see women have progressed throughout time and are capable of balancing the idea of looking after the house and having a regular job. This is not true. As a matter of fact, there's another lie that's being sold to you. You can't. There's no way you can. That's like saying that you're going to go out, work 40 hours a week, and then look after look after the dog at home. You can't look after the dog. And you come home, and the dog's and chewed up all your furniture because 
you're at work. You can't look at another dog. You can't take care of the dog when you're at work. You can't learn how to – you can't train the dog while you're out at work. You're either at work and your dog's chewing things up, or you're not at work. You're at home training the dog so the dog doesn't chew things up when you leave. Or is this too much logic for some people? This says, this helps bring an extra revenue into the household, which literally doesn't – sometimes you don't need it. Oh, instead of extra revenue, which, again, this is – like when I get into politicals, because again, I was a politician. I was a politician. I've, I've given that up in the recent days because I just want to go back to re- being a regular guy. But even the politician would tell you, a politician that's worth his salt would tell you that even though an extra revenue is nice, you can accomplish the same thing because extra revenue in, polit- in the political world, extra revenue means higher taxes or more taxes, either more taxes or higher taxes. And my big thing when I was running for office was let's not raise taxes. Let's not bring in new taxes. Let's find out where we can cut the budget so that we don't have to do that to people. The money could come from somewhere else. And again, as long as people are willing to formulate the budget to meet their needs and not bust the budget trying to do everything else, then your household will run smoothly and effectively financially. But what happens is, excuse me, what happens is um, a lot of women, not even a lot of women, a lot of couples will spend and live above their budget, which completely just decimates the household finances, and there's no way the household can run like that. So, again, it's not about extra revenue. Let's see, instead of it always being a husband. I'm sure a lot of husbands don't care. I um, also believe that many more women in today's world are independent. And that's a problem. We'll get into that in future shows. And don't want to depend on any man for money. They depend on men for other things, but not necessarily for money. As a fact, as a matter of fact, a lot of independent women who make a lot who made a lot of money will tell you that they would give it all up to have to have a loving man to come home to. You don't believe me. You better ask somebody. Making them more motivated to go out and work. Not really, but okay. And in today's world, we have television reality shows that mock the idea of being a housewife. The ladies on the show are basically depicted as women who have issues within their marriage, such as financial issues or infidelity. That's a thing that I'm going to get into in a future show because those those women on those reality shows, they're married to rich, high-value provider-protector men. The problem is the high-value provider-protector men have other options. So as these housewives get older and they, they start – their looks start declining. You know, by, you know by position on looks. As their looks start declining and the men are out there and they're coming across these younger women who are throwing themselves at them and giving him options, of course he's going to – of course there's going to be infidelity there. Of course. That's why a provider protector man that isn't necessarily high value is probably what you're going to want if you want if you want to talk about a lack of infidelity um, in a marriage. If you want to talk about somebody that does that doesn't cheat, marry somebody that doesn't have options. Is that simple, or is that too much logic for some people? Let's see how uh, they are going. Most of the time, the ladies in the show are constantly cooking, cleaning, or doing the laundry. Instead, they're gossiping, and this is not true because you're only seeing snippets in the life and not. It's not a 24-hour show where you can look in 
like Big Brother had that whole the Big Brother where you get to look at it live after the show. The live feeds, that's what they call it. Big Brother live feeds. These shows don't have live feeds. So what you're seeing is an edited for time version of everything they record. But they don't record 24 hours a day like there's a 24-hour live feed like Big Brother has. So you don't know what they're doing. You don't know how much they cook. You don't know how much laundry they do because that ends up either not getting captured at all on film, or if it is captured on film, it ends up on what we call the cutting room floor. So, again, she's going. this particular person is going off of what she and, – and, again, she, she, goes, she says the fact that she believes it a lot during this course of this article. You know this is not scientific. It's just funny that this kind of an essay is published. But let's see. The financial issues are together. Most of the time, the lady is drawing, constantly cooking, cleaning, doing laundry. Instead, they're gossiping or hanging out. These reality shows prove the meaning of housewife has changed over the years. Not really, but okay. Women have gone from being in the house all day to now living their best life. Not really, but outside of the house. Not only this, but I, as a woman, aspire to be a woman that doesn't need or depend on a man for anything, whether married or not. Okay, so I'm going to forego the last few lines of this article, and I'm going to address that right now. Now, if you're one of these women, excuse me, let me move this microphone back so I have my glasses on it. If you're one of these women who, what you aspire to in life, your whole life aspiration, your whole life goal is to not depend on a man for anything, not money, not nothing. You are in for a world of hurt when you become 35, 40, 45 years old. You may not see that now if you're younger than that and you have these aspirations, but believe you me, once you hit, once you hit 35, 40, 45, that, those 15 years, because after 45, if you're not locked in, then you'll never be locked in. That's just it. You're out, you're out in the ocean like the Titanic, just floating there until you sink. If you – if you're in that 15 years and you're still insistent upon not depending on a man for your money or for money or for anything, you're going to find that, yeah, you will have money and you will, be, you will go out with your girlfriends. But as you're 35, you're 30, it's going to get tougher when you're 35, when you go out, because the men you pull at 30 are not going to be the men you pull at 35. And the men you pull at 35 are going to be non-existent when you're 40. So it's going to you're going to be on the decline at that point at 30. Again, so my ex is finding out you're going to be on the decline at 30. Well, yeah, if you're not locked in at 30, then there's going to be there's going to be a decline. It's going to be gradual and then it's going to be steep. So I forgot what they call that kind of curve, but it's going to be gradual at first and it's going to be real steep to to the point where when you're 45, it's almost a 90 degree drop. At 35, if you're not locked in and you're still going out, men won't even pay attention to you because they're looking at the 20, 25-year-olds. At 40, if you're still not locked in and you don't have kids, people are going to wonder why. Men, you're going to sit down across from a man on a date that you get from probably plenty of fish or bubble or something or tender. You'll sit down across from that man, and he's going to, he's going to look at you, and he's going to wonder why you don't have kids. Or even if you do have kids and you're still single, he's not going to want to deal with a single mom. If you're not a, if you're not a mother by the time you're 45, 50 years old, he's going to be like, what the living hell? What the jumping monkey fuck? So 
that's going to kill any chances of you ever wanting to get a man. And you say, and you say, well, I don't want a man anyway. It's my life's goal to not even be dependent on a man. Well, who's going to fix your car? You have to take your, you have to take your car to a man to fix it. You have to call a man to do your plumbing. You have to call a man to do your carpentry. You have to call a man when something in the house electrical goes out. You, you get this. And so, again, especially if you own a car and you catch a flat tire and you don't know how to change it because you're so busy saying, I don't need a man and not even bothering to learn. You're too busy in the clubs or at school or at your job to learn how to change a tire. So when your tire blows out, you have no idea what to do. Yeah, you're, they're out there. So, again, when you talk about it's your whole life aspiration to live your life not needing a man, then, you know, it is what it is. You're only setting yourself up for failure in the future. You're only thinking about now, which, okay, fine, but you literally need to think about the future. And when you realize one day when you wake up and you realize you're 40 years old, no man is looking at you, you don't have kids, your four or five cats are hungry and you have to pay for all of these things with your money, including the food for all of your cats. And you're like, man, I wish I had a man around here to help me out. I come here, I come home to this open house, to this empty house and these, and these cats. And this is just, this is my life. I go out and nobody, nobody pays me any attention anymore. I go to the gym and nobody pays me attention anymore. So my life is extremely lonely. That's the future of who, for whoever wrote this article. Uh, I'm going to take a final break. I'm only going to take this second break, and then I'll after the second break, I'll power through the rest. And then when I come back, I'm going to talk. I want to talk about full royalty and what's up with that. But in the jumping monkey fuck is up with that. So I'm going to take a break, and then when we come back, we'll get into full royalty and why it's a dating red flag. You're listening to the ABC Podcast. Hey, let's take a minute and meet Clark Kent, star of Superman. Chief, believe me, you're in for a treat just as soon as Jimmy gets back here. Great Caesar's ghost, what's holding him up? You know I can't work without a good breakfast. Chief. Jimmy's bringing a box of Kellogg's Sugar Smacks. All the more reason for hurrying. Confounded, that boy knows I like those new Sugar Smacks. And he knows I do, too. And that's a cinch. Well, here I am. Young man, if you spill those new sugar smacks, you're fired. Golly, Chief, I hadn't opened up the box yet. But I'm going to now. Well, I guess we all agree on sugar smacks. Right. Folks, don't wait. Get Kellogg's new sugar smacks. They're better than ever. Puffs of wheat, sugar toasted, and candy sweet. You bet. Just get Kellogg's Sugar Smacks, brand new. A Northwest Mountie, and he's been trailing this desperate character for three years. And I'm tired. Well, it's him or me. Uh-oh. He's got an aching head, an upset stomach, and an empty gun. What you need is some Alka-Seltzer. You know what they always say. Yeah, a Mountie always gets his man. Oh, no. I mean about Alka-Seltzer. Relief is just a swallow away. Well. Down, 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 the stomach through. Round, round, round. 
refresh that relief-giving Alka-Seltzer. For that headache and upset feeling, take Alka-Seltzer. Relief is just a swallow away. Hi, kids. Look at some delicious magic with the extra-good chocolate-flavored syrup, Bosco. Now watch. Take ice cream, spoon on extra-rich, extra-thick, extra-chocolatey Bosco syrup. There's the best chocolate flavor you ever tasted. More Bosco magic. Cake, ice cream, topped with extra-thick, extra-chocolatey Bosco syrup. Try it. Bosco also makes milk chocolatey delicious. Tell mom to get Bosco chocolate-flavored syrup for you. Sing out, I love Bosco, it's rich in chocolate tea. Chocolate-flavored Bosco is mighty good for me. Mama puts it in my milk for extra energy. Bosco gives me iron and sunshine vitamin D. Oh, I love Bosco, that's the drink for me. Sensational shortening discovery for better baking and frying. It's Procter & Gamble's Golden Fluffo, the first all-new shortening in 40 years. It's rich. Its color is golden yellow. And what a pie it makes. Richer looking, better tasting, more appetizing. But let's hear what Mrs. Thelma Styra, Indiana State Fair baking champion, had to say about Fluffo. I love Fluffo. It makes such a golden brown pie. Oh, man, that's some apple pie. Well, Mr. Wallace, that's a prettier pie than I ever baked with plain white shortening. And look how flaky it is. This yellow Fluffo is such a short shortening. Makes pie crust so rich. Like cooking champions, get richer looking, better tasting, more appetizing results in everything you bake or fry. Get golden Fluffo. different cream sandwich, Swiss cream sandwich, baked by Nabisco. The luscious, creamy fillings in a class by itself. No other like it. And these tempting vanilla cookies are so light, they melt in your mouth. Yoo-hoo-hoo, yoo-hoo. 
It's Swiss cream sandwich for you, you, and you, Swiss cream sandwich. Say, it's time for my favorite dance team, so let's look. matches and a pack of old gold cigarettes. That's all you need, my friend. And you're enjoying the smoothest, mildest, tastiest cigarette ever created. A treat instead of a treatment. That's old gold cigarettes. Made by tobacco men, not medicine men. To give you the cigarette that treats you better in every way. Because in every way, it's a better cigarette. Good, huh? Yes, for a treat instead of a treatment. Get a pack or get a carton of old gold cigarettes. Right now, this is Dennis James reminding you to keep smoking old gold cigarettes. Thanks. Attention. To help carry on our important work, I want you to join the secret squadron and wear this official badge and have this secret decoder. Following each week's adventure, I'll send an important secret message, and only secret squadron members who have decoders can decode them. Also, later I'll tell you the simple rules for joining the secret squadron, but you must promise to do as I do. Keep yourself healthy and mentally alert, and drink Ovaltine every day. It's the official drink of the secret squadron. We secret squadron members know chocolate-flavored Ovaltine helps give us what we need for rocket power. Yes, just as a rocket adds thrust during takeoff, Ovaltine can add the kind of nourishment so important for rocket power. We drink Ovaltine hot for breakfast. Mmm, good too. And cold for lunch and between meal snacks. And hot again at bedtime to help keep us revved up with rocket power. Believe me, Ovaltine's got what it takes to help you be a leader in your gang. So drink instant Ovaltine every day. The Gemini space flights. The trips are long. The training is hard, like this spacewalk practice. But the astronauts do some things you do. In space, they drank Tang. They mixed it like this in a zero-G pouch, because with no gravity, it would fly all over. You don't have that problem. You can mix it in a glass. Up there, they have to drink it carefully, this way. You can drink it any way you like. Tang tastes orangey. Tastes great. Has lots of vitamins C and A. Tang, chosen for the Gemini astronauts. Have a blast. Have some tang. This man just showered with a new kind of soap. New Life Boy Mint Refresher. A soap so loaded with mint, so tangy, so frosty, it drives wives wicked. Every bar of New Life Boy Mint Refresher contains the essence of 125 mint leaves. Soap has never smelled this good before, and neither have you. New Life Boy Mint Refresher drives wives wicked.
fake royalty. What in the jumping monkey fuck goes up with that? Fake royalty. We have so many women out here that that are like, he needs to treat me like a princess. Or or even worse, women walk around here talking about their queens. I'm a queen. I'm a queen. Walking around the projects talking about I'm a queen. What the what the hell is up with that? Let me, so let me get up let me let me get on this because again excuse me. Again, this is a thing that's permeate that's permeating women. And I'll I'll tell you whose fault this is in a little bit. But let's get let's get into this because a lot of y'all women out there are walking around talking about it. You need to treat me like a princess in order to really if you can give me one solid reason why we as men need to treat you like a princess, you specifically, right? Why we as men need to treat you specifically like a princess. If you give me, if you give me one solid reason, and I'm talking about the solid reason needs to be that King Charles came to the United States, knocked up my mother when he was a prince. Back when he was a prince, he knocked up my mother, and I was a product of that union. Outside of that, if you can if you can give me a good reason why we need to treat you like a princess, then by all means, we will we will have the we will have the fanfare and we'll roll out red carpets and we'll have fakers and everything and we'll we'll treat you like the princess, right? But a lot of y'all women are just that; you're just women, and I hate to say it that way, but when you have the majority of a population and they want to be treated like they are something special, like they are some kind of rarity, like they need some kind of special royalty is rare rare nowadays. How many how many countries on this on this earth have legit kings outside of England, which is a constitutional monarchy, so King Charles, despite what he may think, he really doesn't have any power. Some Arab countries like Saudi Arabia has a king. Iran has their version of it. They have their version of both a king and a grand, what they call the Grand Ayatollah or the the head, the what we call the capo of a capo di tutti capi of all Muslim clerics. That's 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 the Grand Ayatollah, right? So they have a king and they have a Grand Ayatollah that help run that help run Sharia law over in Iran. Saudi Arabia has their king and their prince, the MBS, Mohammed bin Salman. He's a royalty over there. I'm sure some other Arab countries, but outside of that, you're not going to find too much royalty, right? So I wish women, you need to stop walking around thinking that they, you, we need to treat you like princesses because you're nowhere near royalty and doubly that. So for black women who go walk around calling themselves queens, why? Shall we run? Shall we go to genealogy, any genealogy website, and submit your DNA sample to see if you're linked to any royalty ever? Yet you want to be walk, you want to walk around calling being called queen. Like Africa, even back in its day, didn't have a whole lot of royalty going around. There just wasn't. So the chances of you being linked to actual African royalty is like damn near nil. But you're still walking around calling yourselves queens and wanting just wanting black men to treat you like queens. So we need to spend all this money 
We need to take you out to the finest. We need to wine you, dine you, have you out in the have you out in first class, have you put you on a yacht, take vacations with you to the finest destinations on earth. Just be why again? Why? Because you think that you're some kind of so we're supposed to indulge this delusion. You know, it's a trip because part of the part of the backlash against the trans movement is the fact that gender dysphoria is a legit medical medical mental condition that results in the delusion of one thinking that one is the opposite sex that one is. That's called gender dysphoria. Part of the argument against the trans movement is the fact that we shouldn't be indulging people in any delusional state. We should get them mental mental health. And it's something that I happen to agree with on that front. If somebody is having this delusion that they are something that they're not, we shouldn't be indulging that. Just like just like we shouldn't Joe Biden shouldn't be in office because he is in stage what I would call or what I would expect would be stage four dementia. There's no way he should even be president. I have my thoughts on that because I literally don't think he's calling the shots. I don't think anybody who looks at Joe Biden and looks what's going on in the country thinks thinks that he's calling the shots there. But again, this is not the show for that. This is dating advice, not political. That's political alone. But my point still stands. We shouldn't be we shouldn't be indulging anybody's delusions. And when somebody walks around saying that they're royalty and they're not, the answer is not to start spoiling them and start treating them as if they are royalty when they say they're royalty and they're not, because all you're doing is feeding into a mental disorder. We need to start getting these women help and some therapy so that they realize that you're not royalty. You're you're you just a you a woman, but you're not royalty. You're not you're not. It's like when Elizabeth Warren was like, "Oh, I'm an Indian. I'm an Indian," and then. They ran the blood sample and it came back only like less than one, 1,060 something was of her blood was Indian. And so she had to, she had to drop back and um, she had to drop back and punt. Excuse me. She had to drop back and punt. It's the same thing. We need to start, we need to start putting in these women's faces. A, are you the daughter of King Charles that I don't know about? I don't think you're royalty. You know what I mean? Are you the daughter of Mohammed bin Salman? I don't think you're royalty. You know what I mean? So again, women walking around, women walking around thinking that they're royalty under this delusion. And I'm telling you, only delusional women will walk around thinking they're queens and thinking they're princesses. And everybody needs to walk around acting and treating them as if they're princesses. Only delusional women would think that. Where does this come from? This comes from. And this is where I got to excoriate you men, because when you have your daughters, especially single fathers out there, and single moms do it too, don't get me wrong, but a lot of it is on you single men, single fathers, because you walk around, you call your daughters princesses, you say that your daughter deserves the best just because they're your little girl. I get this, I get the sentiment, I do, I get the sentiment. There's a lot of times where I want to tell my little girl that, you know, because she's my little girl that I'm only expecting the best from anybody that she dates. 
and I have to stop myself from from actually from that having that fall out of my mouth because if I do that, that's only going to foster in her that she is some kind of full royalty and that she's going to expect only the best from whatever man she dates. And if there's a good man out there that cannot provide a six-figure lifestyle, a high six-figure lifestyle, then she shouldn't she shouldn't turn around and discount him just because he can't do that. He might be that provider protector man, just not very high value, like her daddy. Daddy's a provider protector, just not very high value. I don't make a lot of money. I don't make six figures. I'm fine. I admit that all day long. But you shouldn't be discounting. You still can find you still can find love and you still can find happiness. If you learn to walk around if you walk around with your head on your shoulders and not in the clouds, understanding that um understanding that you don't deserve anything just because you are <laughs> excuse me. You have to go out and earn and earn what you have. Even if even if it up to and including is what I'm trying to say. Up to and including love and marriage. You have to earn that. Like nobody's gonna fall in love with you just because you're you. That shit only happens in Disney movies. And not even Disney movies anymore. That's like the older movies, the nineteen thirties and forties. Hang on. I'm still trying to get rid of this coop. But even that was like back in the thirties and forties, yeah. Disney movies used to say that shit. They don't say that shit now, you know what I mean? And even the star of the new it was part of the new Snow White movie. It was caught on tape saying that, and it, and it cost her a lot as far as Disney's concerned. But I digress. Women shouldn't walk around with this mindset or this mentality that they deserve just because they're women or they deserve the best just because they're women. You literally don't. You don't deserve the best just because you're women any more than we deserve to have the best handed to us just because we're men. Life doesn't work that way. You have to earn what you have. If you want that relationship with that high-value man, you have to earn it. You have to... Hone your skills. You have to hone your domestic skills. You have to trim down, like literally go to the gym and trim down. Um, and you have to learn how to swallow your pride and swallow your ego and learn how to defer to that man. That's how you earn that high value, that high value man. Of course, if you have, there's other factors too, like if you have kids and your age and things like that. But I'm not saying that there's like no hope. I'm just saying that. There's a lot of work to do, and you have to earn it. Same thing with young women. Young women, you have to earn it. They're not going to pick you to marry you just to pick you to marry you. You have to prove to them that you're – let's prove to these men that you're worthy. Remember, you're the majority of the population. You're you're fighting for the scraps, right? You're fighting for – you're fighting other women for the same men. Why? Because – Women outnumber men, so you're going to be fighting. The, you're going to be fighting other women for the same men. So you have to you have to have a resume that's different than these other women that he's looking at, right? Or you have to have a resume that's more impressive. And it has nothing to do with schooling. It has nothing to do with degrees. It has nothing to do with your job or your attainment. It is how fit are you? How sexy do you look in a dress? Right? How sexy do you look in the, in the little black dress? How well can you make a home, and how submissive can you be? If you can outshine other women in those four areas, you'll earn that high value. You'll earn that high value, protector, provider, man. And he's going to want to marry you, provided that that is your that is your thing. That is your tried and true, died died in the wool. Those are your character traits. Those are your honest to goodness character traits. You will get married. 
and you will live that life and you will have that lifestyle and you will you will have that soft life that you want. If you're lacking in any of those departments, you're not going to have that life. You're not going to have that soft life that you want. And no amount of walking around thinking that you're full royalty with an ego inflated, no amount of that is going to help you get that get that life, get that soft life with that high value provider protector man. So, man, stop doing stop doing your daughters this disservice about telling them that they're that they're princesses and because they're they're your little girl that they deserve the best. I understand that sentiment and I understand you wanting to provide them the best just because you're, that's your little girl. I always want to do you know provide the best for my little girl, but I have to understand that I also have my limitations. And if she can't understand that, then we're gonna to have to have a talk so I can adjust her attitude. That's just it, because I want my little girl to be able to go into the dating scene with her head screwed on straight, so that she'd have, that she'd have a chance of getting a good man. That's why I do it. So I, I absolutely refrain, and men, you should too, from saying, from referring to your little girls as royalty and putting it in their head that they deserve just because they're them, that they deserve the best just because they're them, because it doesn't know justice when they get out into the, into the dating world. And they're never going to find that good man like you always dreamed that they would. So there's that. So full royalty, full royalty is, it shouldn't even be a thing. Let's get into, let's get into some profiles. Now, I, I dredged up plenty of fish (laughs) because plenty of fish, that was, that was an experience back when I was single, plenty of fish. But I did meet some really cool people. I, I met some cool women on Plenty of Fish. Are they, somebody, are they people that I'd be attracted to? Yeah, not really. But like, they're still cool people. They're still, they were still, they were still about it. So um, there, there, there was no like place on the personality side. It's just that I wasn't attracted to them. And they couldn't understand why, excuse me, they couldn't understand why, um, why, I wasn't trying to jump in their pants when on the first date, and it, it it was a trip because like I when I go out on these dates and we get together we sit down and we talk about all kinds of things like the conversation was full of everything, but at the end of the date it was just like I'd hug him okay hope you get back safe text me when you get back and that's it just a hug no kiss no nothing and that part would confound them like what the hell why aren't you no, because you're a cool person at all. But I'm the kind of person that I, I know if I'm not feeling you, I'm just not feeling you. I'd be your friend, but being your friend doesn't mean you know, getting all heavy, petty, and romantic because no, right? That was before I found my girlfriend. And then afterwards, after about a, after a few months of doing that, I found, I found my girlfriend, and then everything was pretty much flipped on its head. And one of these days, well, yeah, one of these days, probably the next show, I'll talk about, I'll talk more about my girlfriend because there's something there that I'm not talking about within the relationship, but lesson, excuse me, lesson of my girlfriend is a lesson that most modern women should take heed to. So what I'm going to do is tomorrow's show, I'm going to talk more about her and the lesson that needs to be learned from her because she did something right that my ex and neither my ex nor any really any any other modern woman that I've I've personally come across did. 
So she she do, she she did something right that women as a whole just aren't doing. And it's the reason why we're still together after even after all that, you know, all this transpired throughout the last four years. We're still together. And I know we're gonna to be together and it's a great it's it's a great relationship. But it's because there's there's something there's something that a lot of modern women could could learn from. And we're going to go into that in tomorrow's show. So tune into that. It's gonna be again Saturday at four PM which is the which was a normal time for my shows uh, originally. So I'm still gonna do the Saturday at four PM shows. I'm just gonna add a daily at a daily section to this. Now, let's get into some profiles. Um, I found one. This is Plenty of Fish. And I found one for, let's see, one GG. Two years old. She's from Seattle, Washington. So if you're on Plenty of Fish and you see one GG, she's verified. Um, she's 52 years old. She's from Seattle, Washington. And she, her pictures are, I mean, they're flattering. She's that one with a horse. This black and white one isn't very good, but I don't understand what it is with women in selfies. Like, women, just stop with the selfies on your profile. I understand. Okay, I, I get it. You like selfies. You like taking pictures of yourself. And I always say to men, when they're checking out women and they're checking out with their social media, a red flag is the um, a lot of selfies. If they have a lot of selfies, the more selfies, the more the, more the, red, flag, the more red flags. So if you look at their social media or whatever, or if you come across their profile on your dating app, if they have a lot of selfies and not a lot of pictures that other people have taken, that they take them, they have a lot of pictures that they take them themselves, that's a red flag. Um, so that's that's one she has on her already. Uh, the pictures with the filters are another one. Uh, let's stop with the filters already. And yeah, all these pictures are selfies. And there's a bunch of them. Let's see. Uh, so that's kind of red flag already. Let's see. Conversation starter. My dog and probably my kids. So a provider protector man would just see that and will focus on that because conversation, your dog and probably your kids. So now we know you have a dog. Now we know you have kids. Where would you have time to squeeze in for a man? And that's what a man would ask. Let's see. She has her MA. She has her associate's degree. Um, brown hair, brown eyes, athletic build. Let's see. Yeah, she is. She is athletic build. So she. It's it's good. She's one of the few thin women on that I found on Plenty of Fish. Let's see. And it says single. I want a relationship. Interested in men and dating. If you want a relationship, the dog and the kids are going to be a monkey wrench. Just understand that. All right. You're 52 years old. You're single. You have your dog and you have your kids. You literally you have an MA. You have an associate's degree, and I'm thinking you still work in the, in the field that you're working in. You're really not going to have a time have time for a relationship and a man who's under, who's expecting you to be a housewife. That's just it's it's not going to happen. Men would see this, and just on that alone, they wouldn't even get to the about IGG part. They would see that and just be like, next, right? Well, let's see the about IGG, about one GG. I'm sorry, one GG. I'm half Latina and half French Norwegian, basically a mutt. Okay, so she can. The good thing is that she can joke about herself. Like women, if you can joke about yourself, that's a good. That's a very good thing. I prefer chocolate or mixed men. So again, 
<laughs> women, 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 don't do this, please, don't do this. If you're looking for a high value, if you're looking for a high value provider protector, man, don't put racial preferences in because what's going to happen is you are going to alienate a bunch of other races who may be more, who may have a higher density of provider protector men in their populations than the men that you prefer. Like you prefer, you as a white woman are preferring black men and me being a black man, I can, I can kind of, I can kind of attest to this, and a lot of black women would too. Is that there are not a lot of black. As a matter of fact, if you're looking for black, a high value provider protector, black man, that's less than one. That's less than point one percent of the black population. So you're going to be fighting not only other white women who want the same thing, but black women too who want the same. So the confrontation is going to be like. Super, super, super tough. Whereas you're excluding a lot of white men, a lot of Asians, a lot of Jews, just because you prefer popular mixed men. And white men, Asians, and Jews have a higher density of high high value provider protector men in them than the black race. Just saying. It's just something to think about when you set up these profiles. I'm hoping to find a good man who still believes in chivalry, being respectful, loyalty, and actually taking a woman on a date. Okay, so there's that. However, to ask, as men, we have to ask what you're bringing to the table because you're asking for things that literally men reserve for their wives, but we need to know what you bring to the table. What are you bringing to the table, ma'am? Because I don't see, I don't see anywhere where you say, and I still have to do, I still have to read the rest of the thing, but as far as I'm concerned, as far as I'm concerned, you're only bringing your dog and your kids, yet you want us to do all these things for you. You understand where there's a problem with that? Um, Take me on a date, not just hang out. Y'all know what I'm talking about. Unless snuggling, a movie night at home, going for long walks. I'm not, a, I am a very fast walker. I'm a football addict and hate reality shows. I'm a huge pit bull advocate, love dogs and horses. Oh, and I like a gentleman with some bad boy in him. So, again, red flag. She's looking for she's looking for something that's mutually exclusive. She's looking for two things in one person that's mute that is mutually exclusive: a gentleman with some bad boy in him. No gentleman will have a bad boy have any bad boy in him. You're talking about a gentleman who would who would come out of his gourd to do something that's out of his character. And this is what you want regularly. This is what you want in a person. It's like wanting, it's like the liberal woman wanting a liberal man who is a Chad son. You see how you see, you see where the, you see where it doesn't make sense. So a gentleman and a bad boy, it's mutually exclusive. You can either have one or the other. Um, I would like a man who just who doesn't just take but protects my heart and reciprocates. Again, she wants she's looking for a provider protector man, yet she fails in this profile to say what it is that she has to offer. And so any provider protector man who sees this would automatically be like, nope, and go on to the next one. Because we don't with this particular woman here we don't see the benefits in 
being romantically linked with her. Yeah, she'll be nice for like she'll be nice for like a night, but as far as a long anything long term, you haven't made your lady, you haven't made your case. And when you put together these profiles, it's all about making your case, especially if you're a woman, because again, you're fighting other you're fighting other women. And this particular profile doesn't it doesn't nothing stands out that makes me think that this is somehow more desirable than any other of any of the other women in the flock. So this woman is going to be single for a long, 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 long time, especially her being already being fifty two. Um she's already passed she's already hit the wall. Um, and she's looking for something that literally doesn't exist. So that's just that's just it. Do I have time for one more? Um, yeah, I guess I do. Let's see. Let's roll the dice here. Hold on. Let's go back. Okay. Let's roll the dice here, and let's go with this one. Let's see. Killer is 0325, 44 years old from Spanaway. She's 5'7", white woman, a bit on the larger side. Uh, she's a project coordinator. Let's see, single. I want to date, but nothing serious. Interested in men and friends right now. About Killer0325, I work a lot and very active, just seeking friends. Okay, well, cool. You'll, hey, nothing wrong with that. Amy, geez. Amy S., let's see. Oh, Amy S. is 43. She's from Mill Creek. 5'5", five, five, looking for my someone. She's not a bad looking woman. She I would give her a I can see where back in her twenties she was probably a seven. She's forty now, she's so she's down to five and legit that's what that's what it is. So I'm I'm comfortable in saying that. She she's serious and she's wants to find somebody to marry. Let's see. So there's no conversation starters. She just says looking for my someone. About Amy S. I enjoy the simple things in life and making people smile. It's a good thing. That's a good thing. My end goal is to find my someone to share experience life with, someone to learn and grow with. I will absolutely, I will ab- absolutely will not use WhatsApp. That's a scam artist playground. Okay, cool. But there's not too much about you in here. There's like literally not. Like your pictures are nice. You have you have great hair. Um. And the filters, stop with the filters. I mean, there's only one picture of the filter. But stop with the filters. And, you know, your your skin is decent. It really is. And the gray hairs are actually, the gray hairs make you. A lot of women, gray hairs don't make them. The gray hair in this woman makes makes her because her hair is dark. She has the grays and then she has blue eyes. So that makes her. So if she would just put a little bit into it, she says she's curvy. Um, and this one picture, she's holding her phone in front of the door. She says she has nice hips. She really does. Um, you can tell she's short, but she has nice hips. I mean, so physically, there's really not a lot that's wrong with her. However, I don't. She may not have much success on this particular app because she, we just don't get a feel for who she is. I mean, she says what she she kind of. Says what she wants, but we need to we need to know about you. We need to know about you. And it says a Scorpio cat, animal lover, owns a car, friends, holding a relationship for a few years. Um, she, she doesn't have kids. That's another thing. 
we're going to wonder why you're 43 and you don't and you don't have kids. We're going to wonder like what's going on in your past that you know these things didn't happen and why why are you 43 and you're single and you're going to have to um you're going to have to account for that. So again, Amy S. Men are going to look at this and still going to be like next because there's just a whole lot of questions there that just aren't answered. So there's that. Anyway, um, let's see. Where are are we? Hang on. Let me get back to my studio. Um, Six minutes. So let's let's do one more. Screw it, right? Let's go back. Let's go here. This is kind of pretty. Who's this? I-7411. She's from Everett. She's 49 years old. She, like, literally has a really nice smile. Um, and she has red, she has, like, uh, that strawberry red. She's a ginger, which is really, she's really cool. She has ginger, she has, like, light, these light brown eyes. So she's got this Jillian Anderson thing going on, right? And she's from she's from Everett. And she's got, let's see, conversation sport. Animal, do-it-yourself, construction, organizing, and travel. That's pretty good. That 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 Those are good conversation starters because a lot of guys are feeling that, right? She's divorced. She wants to date, but nothing serious. Interesting men. Uh, let's see. About ISO 411, I'm a spontaneous homebody. Spontaneous homebody. How does that work? Is that like an oxymoron? But a spontaneous homebody that loves doing construction projects and hanging with her animals. I know a little about a lot of things, but not a master of – so jack of all trades, master of none. That's a pretty good thing. Um, and you're only looking to date nothing serious, which is about which is about what is in your lane. So it's good because she's really not asking for a lot. However, um, there's still a lot of questions here that are unanswered. But she really does have – she does have a cute – she does have a cute dog. If I was a if I was that vector provider guy and I looked at this, I probably just off of this I would give her a chance. But again, I would just there would just be a lot of questions. And I guess that would be good for like date conversation fodder, which would which, you know, there I just have to ask her a lot of questions, which actually helps the date flow. But it's just that if you put it up front in your profile, it just gives you something it just arms your date because if they pay attention, they'll be able to talk about the things that you already have on your profile instead of giving you the inquisition about with question after question after question about things that they want to know, which is I know when people ask a lot of questions, it's kind of annoying. So in order to alleviate or assuage that, then go ahead and just be a friend in your profile. There's nothing, there's really nothing wrong with that so that, you know, we come in armed with, with things that we want to talk about instead of all the things we want to ask about. And that's it. And that is, that's all for today. Um, again, if you want me to look at your dating profile and kind of critique it, and let uh, and critique it, let me know, let you know what's good, what the good, the bad, and the ugly of it. Um, guys, help you perhaps get more, get more uh, clicks and swipes and swipe rights or whatever. Um, email email me at jesse j e s s i e at j dot com email me email me the link to your profile i'll take a look at it uh, and i'll if, if i'll probably go over it on the show but i'll definitely write you an email with some feedback and then i'll go over it i'll go over it on the show and i'll let people know like the good the bad the ugly of it and what 
and what needs to change in order for you to get those get those uh, dates that you want. Thanks for listening. Um, tomorrow again. Tomorrow we're going we're going in at our normal time. So um, be there and be here at four o'clock. We're going to go in again. I'm going to again tell the story about you know tell the story the lesson about my girlfriend and what people can learn from her. And um, a few other, you know, we're going to go into some other things, too, as far as dating is concerned. I'm pretty much just going to speak my mind. I'm really not going to go by any set agenda. I know I did that. I have to do that for the last couple of shows just because I had to eat up the content. But um, I'm just going to say what's on my mind. And, you know, don't be afraid to give me a call. Though I do love monologuing, I really do. Um, I like when people call as well. So, oh, 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 follow my pages. So follow my Facebook. I'm on Facebook. I'm on, as a matter of fact, you know what, just go to whatever social media. Just search for at J Ramsey ABC, J-R-A-M-S-E-Y ABC. Search that. And if you see me on that, then I'm there. So I'm talking like True Social, Facebook, Instagram, uh TikTok now. I never thought I'd be a part of TikTok because I have my thoughts about TikTok, but I'm on TikTok now. So search me on social media, and if you find me, send me a message or whatever. Just follow me, and then follow this show's page, and then and then I'm on Apple Podcasts. So go ahead if you want to subscribe to me on Apple Podcasts. You're more than welcome to. I'm also on SoundCloud. And there's my 90 second wording. I am out. Catch me tomorrow. And we're going to do this, catch me tomorrow, we're going to do this again. And then catch me every day. Go out and make the dating world a better place.